Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, it's Six Unseemly Questions. Uh, our guest today is going to be Mike Kaplan, Dave Brzezinski. Yo. Why don't you tell people what to do out there? Yo, everybody go on the internet and say something about nice our show. SixUnseemly.com. Right. That's exactly right. Go to iTunes and subscribe or leave a rating or also a review. Thanks a lot. Five stars. Six Unseemly Questions. Time to get going. Hello, thanks for tuning in to Six Unseemly Questions. I'm your host, Victor Varnado. This is my sidekick, Dave Rosinski. Hey, everybody. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. This is something special. Our contestant today is Mike Kaplan. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you. I love how you said sidekick and Dave said co-host at the same time. You guys are a good team. We've rehearsed that for months, and you know how hard it is just to nail that? Dave, here's the thing about you is you... It, if you're undercutting yourself by saying to people, you're joking by telling people that you rehearsed, but most people would need to rehearse to do that. But you guys were a natural, in the moment, improv ripping good team. I'm mm-hmm. um, sorry to interrupt your compliments for Dave. <laughs> Not really. Victor, you're good. Uh, we have a studio audience today, and our studio audience is Kristen Kirkley. Hi, Kristen. Hi, how are you? We're doing pretty good, we're Kristen. Doing Thanks. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, it's time to. Uh, it's time to explain what the show is and then get the show started. Here's what the show is. Uh, I'll ask you six unseemly questions, and depending on your answers, if I like your answer, I will ring a bell. Ding dong. And if I do not like your answer, I will ring an annoying buzzer. Buzzers. Dave's voice. There it is. It doesn't matter how many buzzers or bells you get. At the end of the show, I'll decide whether or not your visit to the show is worth giving you $5. And you know what? We've never done this before. I'm going to put the $5 out so you can see it the whole time. Wow. So you can drool. Oh, that's a $10 bill. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Definitely not happening. <laughs> Do you think I'm a fool? Oh, you could never be a fool. Well, it is time to ask you your very first question. Looking forward. Here's your first question. Why do people call you a robot? I believe that people call me a robot because of the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some, sometimes I perhaps to other people, I know the emotions that I'm feeling, but mm-hmm. to other people, they might think that, like, for example, in answering this question, yes. I started immediately. I'm like, here, you asked a question, then I'll give you an answer. Uh, so you could think that that's a particularly human thing to do from one perspective. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I don't want there to be silence. I want to answer the question right away. I want to know it. But for other people, they might be like, well, he's just a machine. He's just asked a question, gives an answer. There he goes. That's it. I don't understand it. I don't understand robots. That guy's a robot. I feel like you're trying to hypnotize all of us right now. <laughs> Is I'm just, that possible? I'm trying to show, in addition to tell, why people might think that I am indeed a robot. Damn, okay. that was- I think you've what he's just everything got really defensive here and it raised a lot more questions than it answered. Honestly, what other questions? I thought it answered very well. (laughs) So the answer is yes, he is a robot. So giving him the bell. I am a robot. Well, that that wouldn't have been a very interesting answer if I was a robot and people said, why do people think you're a robot? And I just said, I am a robot. I, I did a little more work. Let me ask you about Vicky the robot. You know, I don't. 
Okay. We don't all know each other. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your last special, which is now available on Amazon? It's true. Uh, it's called Small, Dork, and Handsome. Mm. And uh, I, one time I was on a radio show, and the host asked me, he said, Oh, so Small, Dork, and Handsome, which one of those adjectives do you think represents yourself the best? And I was like, probably dork, because dork's not an adjective, and here I am explaining to you that dork's not an adjective. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I was excited uh, to film it in 2013. It went on to Netflix in 2014. And then it's now living on Amazon since the, the past couple of years, uh, and I'm uh, I'm excited both that you can see it uh, yeah. if you go on Amazon and want to, uh, but also I'm excited that the comedy that I've made since is I think better or more enjoyable to me to make. So I'm excited for people to get other things that I've made since as well. Gotcha. Now, are you also, uh, do you have another recent album that you that came out? I do. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called No Kidding. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the theme of a lot of the album is that I don't want children. Ah, uh, I, I see. Do you understand why I called it No Kidding? I do. Yes. I do. Dave? Definitely. Kidding yeah. meaning making <laughs> kids. <laughs> right. Which is a good way to put kidding. Hey. Yeah. Hey, are, are you are you kidding? Uh, giving birth? Absolutely. <laughs> Ah, that's no, a good. That's one kidding. for the hospital. <laughs> that's one. What is that place called? The maternity ward. It is now time for your second question. Are you ready for your second question? I am Number looking forward to it. Two. Okay, your second question is: What do you miss most about being a kid? Oh, uh, what? A, what? A, these are all very thoughtful questions well, based on the ones that you've given me, and also the show in which I was. These the questions are member. beautiful. Uh, being a child, part of the thing about being a comedian and or being any kind of you know artist or musician, which I've been as an adult as well, mm -hmm. is that I think we're endeavoring to capture uh, part of what it was like to be a child that we were doing but not necessarily aware of. Uh, and so now, I guess, given that, since we're we're striving for that, and maybe not everybody, maybe just maybe it's just me that's mm -hmm. striving to capture the childlike wonder uh, of what it was like to create unselfconsciously without worrying that people were just judging you and responding to everything that you were going to say potentially on the internet or what have you. Uh, and I guess, I, so maybe it's just me that's yeah. worried about all those things. But I, so I guess I would say the thing that I miss most is not knowing that there were other people that would judge the things that I was doing. Did you, uh, have you seen the movie Tag? I've not seen the movie Tag. Have you seen the movie Tag, Dave? Um, Starring Hannibal no, Burris and nobody else. I uh, have not seen the movie Tag either. I just saw it for the first time last night. It was just on HBO. And because Hannibal and I are friends, I was like, oh, I'll check this movie out. That movie is about the fact that these guys play Tag because they feel like if they... I forget who the quote comes from exactly. But oh, like is, uh, Tag. We don't stop playing because we come, become adults. We become adults because we stop playing. Oh, yeah. And so these friends who believed in that just played the same game of Tag until they were like into their fifties and sixties. Now the, and like it's, and it's based on a real story that was, a. Uh written oh. about in the Wall Street Journal. It's based on a real story of real friends who did that. Wait, who really played real... Tag? Yeah, who really played Tag until they were in their 60s. The tag movie... is a 60s? documentary? It is a biographical story. Sweet. That's amazing. So, and at the end of the movie, you get to see clips of the real guys tagging each other like in disguises. And, oh, and, and, that's incredible. Yeah, and then they show the cover of the Wall Street Journal when it, when it had that story. And it is. It's beautiful. great. I, I, was just, I was just talking about how wonderful it was and it's wonderful. You should totally see the movie. Can I... Uh, a thing that, that also makes me think of is I took yeah. some linguistics classes 
uh, when I was in college and such. And there's, so you know how when you're a kid, you don't have to uh, actively try to learn the language that's spoken around you. You just naturally uh, take it in because we have a language acquisition device in our heads. Like if you were born with Chinese speaking parents and yeah. they spoke around you, you'd learn Chinese. If you were born speaking English, uh, if you're born with parents that speak English, you'd right. speak English. And so there's like an age beyond which it becomes that doesn't happen anymore. Like after if you at like you're seven, maybe six, seven, somewhere in there, it's a little different for everybody. But if you have people that are around you that are speaking other languages that are, you know, not your native language around that time, then that period can be extended. And I don't know if they've tested like how long it can be extended. Mm -hmm. Like if you keep, you know, uh, hiring different people to be around your child, you know, speaking different languages into their teens and then beyond, like if that will keep the language acquisition device. Like, so similarly, like maybe we don't, we stop learning languages because people stop speaking languages around us maybe we could learn all of the languages if we just were hanging out with all people speaking all the different languages like i can chris victor out in like so many different languages right now but i won't because i'm nice thank you <laughs> for holding back i can't I, I can't hold back much longer though i understand malaka so anyway. what you miss about being a child is the ability to learn languages quickly the, my sincere answer I, I i don't actually specifically miss that on an active level i would say my initial uh, first answer uh, is that I miss not knowing that there were other people that would judge me uh, while I was playing and creating. All right. I'm going to give you the buzzer on that answer. Why? You deserved it on that one. I'm giving you the buzzer one. because Jeez. of the, the sheer length of your last sentence. You know, his attention span is like goldfish. I miss when I was a child and people wouldn't have buzzed me for saying things. I know. You ruined his childhood. <laughs> you know, you psychologically got right in there. I understand. You know, when you have a hammer, they say everything looks like a nail. And when you have that buzzer, everything looks like a buzzable offense. I, you know, I think you might be right. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to keep the buzzer. The I think it's funny today, but I may not keep it in the show. I understand. Uh, it is time for question number three. Looking forward. Yes. Okay. Uh, explain Finally. the difference between polyamory and an open relationship I'm, in freestyle. <laughs> okay. Here's Internet. one thing about that yeah. question that you were questioning me about. Polyamory is one kind of openness, and some people might think that it is one that is best. But actually, polyamory doesn't have to be open. You could have a triad. You could have two people and triad-ing one. And you could have a polyamorous set of three. Doesn't have to be with anybody else outside oh. that three. You could just have three people who love each other. And they could be a brother and some other people that aren't brothers because you don't want it to be incest. That would not be the best. And like I said, open relationships can take many forms. Whatever makes your heart warm could be swinging could be other things could be maybe you have people that you hook up with outside your main relationship thanks all right uh definitely get the bell you definitely answered the question i appreciate so uh thanks a lot I and I I, I I actually understood the answer so definitely a bell for that yeah. Was How about you, Dave? Thing? I'm glad that you're getting it, Victor. <laughs> glad you're finally getting it. Oh, what did you say back there, Kristen Kirkley? I said, was that a dig? Was that a dig at you for having a nonsensical answer when you were at? Yeah. Yes, that was a partial dig. Not, not a real dig. It was a partial dig. You are one mean guy. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dave, for your evaluation. I think you're zero. Welcome. I think you're zero mean guys, Victor. <laughs> Plus <laughs> one. <laughs> Plus one. Let him finish. All right. So it is time to move on to question number four. Fork. Already? Yeah. Question number four. Right, this, is a, this is a show. This is how it happens. This is, this is just how it goes, Seems man. like we were just on question three. I know. I know. How, how important is it to you that people close to you are vegan? Ah, I, so you might know, Victor, that I am vegan. I do. I know that you're vegan. One time you said it. Uh, and I guess the answer to this question, it's, it's complex. It's, I can't control what other people do. Right. I can, if I can control anything, it's only what I do. Okay. Uh, and so like other people get to make their own decisions about how they live their lives. And that's important to me. It's I want, all track so far. Yeah, I want people who are in my life mm -hmm. to do what they want. When people who are like good friends or loved ones or family members, uh, if they do choose to be vegan for reasons of their own, or if they've listened to things that I've said and, uh, you know, and we've had conversations about it and they've been impacted by that that also makes me feel good mm -hmm. but i would say uh so i guess it's it's like sort of a, a yin yang it's like there's a, a give and take i wouldn't say that it's not important but when people aren't vegan it's not uh it's not important for me to demand that right. people are vegan so i'd say that it's it's a bonus Right. I like it, mm -hmm. but you're not vegan, and you're my friend, and it's important that you're my friend, regardless of whether you're vegan. Uh, I like your answer. Thank you. I gotta say... Welcome. I gotta say that, I mean, I, I know some people who are vegan who really don't want to deal with anybody in their lives who is not vegan or who is vegan. Yeah. Who's not vegan. They don't want to deal with anybody who's not vegan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can understand, but I also like my goal is for my own, hopefully my, hopefully my own actions to cause like the most pleasure and the least harm, you know, to mm -hmm. conscious beings. And I think that no, sometimes people are like, does it bother you if I eat this burger in front of you? And I'm like, well, where you eat it, doesn't matter to me. You know, if you're eating it behind, like don't, you don't have to sneak around behind me and eat it. If it, if you're going to eat it, you're going to eat it. Uh, but so I feel like that's the, the kind of thing that like some people don't want to see it, don't want to hear about it, don't want to smell it, don't want to think about it. And that uh, I, f I feel like it's better and potentially more helpful in the world to be like, have conversations with people who think different things and be like, like, why are you vegan? Like, why do you feel the way that you feel? And then, you know, maybe, maybe then a person who does eat meat will like come to a vegan restaurant and try things. And, you know, I think it's just, uh, that you, can be more helpful. Do you hang out with people who are gluten free? My girlfriend is gluten free. So that's why you're dating her. Uh, yes, I'm I, only because she's gluten free. Because gluten free uh, is GF, and girlfriend is GF, and that's oh, why I had to have very, a gluten free very girlfriend. Similar. Wow, Kristen really liked that. <laughs> Did you hear? She just lit up. Thank you, Kristen. Do you, do you like that Victor likes corn syrup? Victor. Is it true that you like corn syrup? No. Okay, then Dave. Uh, Is it also true that question, you love corn syrup? Can, I, can we buzz Dave's question? Can I get, no, go ahead, it's Kristen. Not part can of the I game, but official ruling on my um, my sister's vegan, and I don't know if my great aunt is trolling her or not by doing this. She's ninety three, and every time we go over to her house, and my sister uh, is there, she's always like, 
oh, well, we have the vegan here, the vegan. And mm. she says it in a very sweet tone, but I think her pronunciation is her way of being passive aggressive about it. That, that's a great question. Uh, is what, There are people who believe that it is pronounced vegan, and for them, perhaps it is that way. I can't look into your 93-year-old relative's mind yeah. to know whether she does believe it's pronounced that way. I don't think it's any different than when like people like who speak a thing, they say things in like, say a perfect accent, but then there's just like one word. It's, they're like, I have to go to karate class, you know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It's the same Karate thing. class. Wait, where is she from? Because it could be uh, just a regional thing, you know? Baltimore. Oh, okay, because you know how everyone in that um, Philly, Maryland area, they all say ham and cage and fan. Yes. I want to interject it? for just one second. Why did you say yes when he said you know how people say it? Talk like that. <laughs> you know how everyone goes online and meets their friends on Craigslist? Less screaming. Less screaming. Sorry. No, because, <laughs> <Or> just, just... <laughs> uh, because in in the gibberish that just came out of Dave's mouth. What do you mean? I said kid. That's very accurate. I'm not sure what that word is, but phone, the way that he said Yeah, they all say phone. I Am did, I in the phone? I did hear her not understand the first two things he said, but did understand the third thing that he said. Right, gotcha. Okay, yeah, so we all know that you got phone. One out of three words were communicated by Dave. Yes. Okay, uh, I'm go. glad I cleared up this great ant uh, business. Yeah, I already, I already gave you a bell on that uh, question. And I appreciate it. Mm. Time to move on. We are about to hit question number five. Set five? Question yeah, number five. Up. You ready for question number five? Yeah. Here it is. Question number five. What's the biggest misconception that people have about you? Oh, uh, I honestly don't. I, so, I don't know is the short answer. Okay. Because I, I can only know what's in my own mind or consciousness or experience. I can only know what other people think of me in as far as I can trust that they're revealing those things honestly to me. You know, Mike, when I first met you, I was like, this guy definitely eats burgers. Uh, and, and then I found out. That would be a big misconception. I, here, I guess here it is, is when I started doing comedy, uh, I, I had a lot of jokes that were about words and involved wordplay. And it's not to say that I don't have those anymore or at all. Uh -huh. Yeah, baby. But, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's still, it is part of my, my mind and how it works and my experience as a human being and a comedian. I went to uh, grad school for linguistics. It is something that I like, I enjoy playing with and knowing and understanding. And But here's the thing is, I think the same way that sometimes you ever meet a person and you find out that they're like a psychologist or a therapist, yeah. and you're like, ooh, don't, don't, don't look at what's in my head. Like, don't interpret what I'm doing. Like, or if you know, there's certain jobs that people have where like, oh, don't do that. Like if you, you're a comedian, people meet you like, oh, don't make fun of me. Please don't make fun or do make fun of me. There's like all the things that people have. So yeah. when people like see the kind of comedy that I've done or understand or know that I've uh, studied linguistics, I think that, and perhaps partially because of the way maybe that I have been in the past more than now, I think people will uh, have a misconception that I'm going to jump on any misstatement that they make if they say something grammatically vague or ambiguous, or if they say something, quote, wrong or, you know, in a way that makes them feel self-conscious about having said. So I think that I do make people feel self-conscious by 
being the person that I am sometimes. I'll be like, I gotta watch what I say, gotta make sure to say everything exactly right. But in fact, I will not just point out mistakes that people make, especially when they're honest mistakes. Oh, if there's a fun mistake, I'll be mm-hmm. like, hey, a fun mistake for us to all have fun. But I think that people think that I'm going to judge what they say and the way they say it way more than I actually ever would. I think that you should do flash fiction. Huh? What's that? Flash fiction is a type of fiction where the word count is really, really reduced so that you have to really craft what you're going to say. So like maybe you'll tell an entire story in a hundred words. Mm-hmm. And I think you should do science fiction. Science fiction is a genre that deals with space travel and exploration. We get it. Okay, so, but I think you should do that because of your command of words. The English. You're good at English. Thank you. You're I very think welcome. You'd be great at historical fiction. It's just a vibe I'm getting. I'm gonna. Uh, here's my my first flash fiction piece. Okay. Right. Uh, the sun rose over whatever city the Flash lives in, and uh, that's all I have so far. Metropolis. Oh boy. It? No, that's Superman. Good answer. Yeah. Time for question number six. Oh, man. Question number six. Would you camp out alone overnight in a graveyard? Uh, Would you? Can I ask uh, for a, a clarification or a follow-up? Absolutely. Uh, why would I Why would I do this? Uh, you're camping out overnight in a graveyard because someone said, hey, I bet you won't camp out overnight. And also, or, or a rich relative left you a fortune, and that's the way they want to prove you to prove that you're worthy of it. Is there any specific danger associated with this graveyard? Ghosts, well, do ghosts, you, do you, zombies. How about? I guess it's, it's all about the danger that you uh, put into that situation. Uh, so it's not like a specifically like you know well documented. Uh, you know, dangerous, like there have been muggings and like human beings attacking other human beings who are alive in this graveyard. No, but no. the legend no. has it that at night the grave's all empty and the dead awake. Okay. That's just legend. That's just legends uh, has it. That's just legend. So, so I'm not a big fan of sleeping outdoors and I, w- I don't respond to dares very much. Like if somebody's just like, I bet you won't, I'll be like, well, you win that bet. That's fine. But if there was, if there was like a monetary compensation involved, if somebody's like, I will pay you, you know, thousand dollars to uh-huh. sleep in this graveyard overnight, right. then, then yeah, if it was, if there was something that I would get out of it. Okay. So then, a thousand as low as you'll go, would you do it for eight five hundred? Uh, I don't know. Depends where the graveyard is, like what my schedule is like. How are you busy tomorrow? Uh, I am after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm uh, a little busy. Okay. How about Monday? Uh, yeah, I could do Monday. All right. So let's see. You're gonna pay me five hundred dollars. We'll see how. What about uh fifteen? Fifteen dollars? No, <laughs> definitely not. A good one to go go with there would be four ninety nine. Like when I say five hundred, why not four ninety nine? That exactly. is definitely. And then we're into like the heap paradox, you know. What's the heap paradox? It's basically, imagine, a, is it, uh, I tell a joke about it, but I'll do it without telling you the joke. But uh, it's basically, imagine a heap of sand. Like, mm-hmm. there's some certain number of grains in a heap of sand. Mm-hmm. But so what is the number that where, like, below it is not, the no, is not. You know, like, one grain is not a heap, but a thousand probably is. So you're like, okay, so what number is it? Is it, four, is it 499? Well, why not 498? Why not 497? Why not 500? Like, so it's, you, how, if you have anything that looks like a heap and you take one grain away then it's still a heap. But what about the straw that broke the camel's back? It's kind of like that. Dave, you finally uh, said a thing that I think makes 
a lot Perfect of Perfect sense. Yeah. That also reminds me of one of these physics puzzles where they're talking about how when, when things approach each other, they half the distance in each other in a certain amount of time over and over and over again. What? By that analysis, things should never reach meet. each other. That is, exactly. That's Zeno's paradox. Zeno's paradox. And Look at that. That one, I think, has been explained by, I don't know, I don't know the math well enough, yeah. but that limits, I don't know if you remember, I, I remember that there are a thing called limits. Like, okay. you know how you have like 0.333 repeating is one third. Right. And then if you multiply that by three, if you multiply a third by three, you get one. But if you multiply 0.333 by, a th by three, you, you, you get sure. 0.99999. Okay. So, but nines forever, the limit approaches mm. one. So they're like officially that's one. So the same way when you keep adding like a half plus a quarter plus an eighth plus a sixteenth, if you keep doing that, keep adding a half of a thing, then the limit approaches one. So you actually can reach things. Uh, then then pass and exceed them, though. Uh, no, you can never do that. You can only reach things. <laughs> okay. What if we have a podcast about decimal points? Seems like we do. <laughs> yeah, it's happening right now. Oh, what's the point? Ooh, oh, that's a great uh, Kristen, name for it. What's like the that. point? You knew so much about theories, you get a bell. Thank on you. That. Okay, so we have uh, gone through six questions. Okay, so now it's time to decide whether or not you're going to get $5. This $5 right here. I see it. For appearing on the show. I understand. Uh, but before we do that, uh, you mind telling people how they can find you if they want to come find you? I don't mind. I, in fact, I the opposite of mind. Okay. Uh, I body. I don't know what the opposite of mind is, but I appreciate the opportunity. Right. Uh, Mike Kaplan is spelled M-Y-Q. K-A-P-L-A-N. And uh -huh. if you put that into anywhere online, at Mike Kaplan right. on the, the social media, mm -hmm. uh, you can find my albums by putting that into iTunes, my special on Amazon, my podcast called Broccoli and Ice Cream. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can anywhere you put my name in, uh, I'd love for you to watch my specials and find my albums and listen to my podcasts. Gotcha. So check out uh, Mike Kaplan. I can tell you from personal experience that he's rather engaging. Oh, that's Indeed. nice of you to say. All right. So uh, it is time to decide. Dave, do you think Mike Kaplan's uh, appearance on the show is worth giving him $5? Well, hmm, that's it's funny you ask. Okay. Is it funny? It's hysterical that you asked that question. Great. It's a comedy show. Uh, it's definitely going to be um, a little bit of a time lapse before I laugh. Okay. But my vote is yes. He deserves it. Your He's voice. earned it. Yes. He's answered all your questions. Okay. And you didn't even touch your new buzzer. He did touch the buzzer at Oh, he one, did? Once. Yeah, the buzzer definitely happened. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's Chris, give, him, uh, give it to him. Uh, Kristen, what do you think? Should he get $5 for his appearance on the show? Um, I think that he said a lot of words. Uh, his word count was sky high. Yeah, and it sounds like he went to grad school. And he went to grad school for something smart, which means you're probably not employed uh, using specifically that degree. Uh, so I think we should give him some $5 for educating himself and for moving us forward in mankind. Or, or student loans. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So, Mike, uh, what do you think? Do you have um, anything to say on, on your own on behalf. Your behalf? I... On my own behalf, and in then another behalf, and another in behalf, conclusion. and another behalf. Uh, in conclusion, you're just laughing uh, on the heap. I th thank you, Dave. Uh, it's it's been a pleasure to be here, and I am happy 
either way, I would certainly, uh, if it's up to me, I would say, mm -hmm. sure, give me the five dollars. Uh, but also, uh, as we've already established, I care more about thousand dollars or five hundred dollars. Uh, but every every little bit counts. That five dollars can be uh, a good a good percent of the way towards my next five hundred dollars for sleeping in a graveyard. I don't know if you uh, heard that blissful sound that happened. That meant someone online just gave a gift. Uh, I guess signifying that they'd like you to get five dollars. So wow. they like threw gems at us or a gift or oh, something like that. Thank you for those uh, gems. I don't know who it is because I don't. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just started using Camfrog. I don't know exactly how to find out who just did what, but I know it did happen. But I will tell you this. Uh, oh wait, wait, wait! I can tell. It's... This person is. Oh, this is... Tom Jack. Tom Jai. Tom Jai underscore. Well, thank you. Threw a gift out here. So you know what. You get five dollars. Thank you, yeah, Tom Guy, and everyone. I just dropped the five dollars. I'm gonna oh, get it, Tom but uh, the cat's eating it. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so, Dave, what did you learn on this uh, week's episode? Oh man, what an insightful, wonderful episode! Yeah. Okay, with Mike Kaplan. What a, that was a good time. We learned a lot about stuff. Yeah, uh, my I, hobbies, mean, I guess that covers it. My I mean, hobbies include much. my interests. Great. Now, uh. <laughs> Please uh, like and subscribe on iTunes. And leave us a review. Uh, thanks a lot. You can find us at unseemlyquestions.com um. and Six Unseemly on all social media. I'm Victor Varnado. I'm Dave Rosinski. And that's it. For now.